Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I'm your host, Kinsey Elizabeth, and happy almost Halloween. I am incredibly excited for this weekend, guys, and it will come as a surprise to most that I actually not only thought of my Halloween costumes in advance, but I actually ordered them in advance. I have not had a good Halloween or a good Halloween costume since I want to say a Halloween was that 2017 when TK and I dressed up as the Cheetah Girls? We did Lizzie and Isabella from the Lizzie McGuire movie. I mean, we really did, you know, a whole Hollow Weekend there. This year, I actually thought of great costumes. And I don't know if we're dressing up more than once, but I do have two costumes to back that up just in case. And Dom and I are actually collaborating. And by collaborating, I mean, I told Dom what we're dressing up as. I told her where to go order the costumes. And They've arrived at my house. So we're actually ready and we're prepared. We're going to kill it. Um, we'll talk about the costume and do like a little recap next week. But follow us on Instagram. You guys will see it there. And I will make sure it's everywhere after the genius ideas that I've had so far. But anyways, today's episode is actually quite fitting. We have Katie Bilotti on. I love Katie. I say it's fitting because to me, she's kind of like the queen of Halloween. I don't know. There's just something about her that just kind of like dominates fall. She's very just soothing. I don't know. Katie is one of those people who is unbelievably creative. She is so kind. She is good at literally everything that she does. If you've ever watched a YouTube vlog of hers, she is quite literally like a filmmaker. Like she doesn't make vlogs. I make vlogs. Katie makes films. They're very, very different. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. We're going to talk about romanticizing your life, her fitness journey. We're talking about comparison. Also having the courage to change your mind about who you want to be, where you want to live, moving to a new city. Stay tuned until the end because for Ask Kinsey, I'm going to be giving you guys tips on moving to a new city, which will be, you know, I think a, a helpful thing at the end of this episode. But for what I've been loving, I needed to share this blanket with you guys because it's actually quite literally changed my life. Like, yes, I, I am, you know, a little bit overdramatic sometimes, whatever. But this Luna anxiety blanket, I actually don't know if it's even called an anxiety blanket. It's just called a weighted blanket. It's good for anxiety. This one is a cooling weighted blanket and it is unbelievable. I got the striped 20 pound blanket and I just have it with my bedding. 
it doesn't make me hot. I have it with other blankets and I'm still cool throughout the night. I'm really worried about that. I have to sleep with like fans. I don't like sleeping when it's warm. Like it, not, not my thing at all. And this anxiety blanket has helped so much. It actually even helps like promote serotonin, something like that. I'm saying it wrong. It makes you happy essentially. And it was weird because the first time I used it, I was like, I feel so much happier. I feel way better. And then I went on the website and then it says that it does that. So it actually does. But I know that doesn't really make sense. And you're probably thinking that I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, this is what happened. You guys need one. It also helps us sleep. I, just the biggest fan. So anyways, love my Luna anxiety, cooling, weighted blanket, whatever you want to call it. As always, be sure to join our Geneva group chat. If you guys want to make some friends, if you need advice, if you're moving to a new city, actually, we have them. We have like geographic rooms in my home. So you're in Dallas, New York, LA, Chicago, I think. We have different rooms. We're trying to make new friends and we have advice rooms. We have rooms for books. I mean, we have it all on there. Follow us on TikTok. You guys can actually watch this episode on YouTube as well. Anyways, without further ado, let's welcome Katie on to the show. Hello, Katie. XO. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> That's been dead for a while. Well, no, I'm bringing it back. The XO has been dead for a while. But I think it should have stayed. I don't know. It was kind of like a, a symbol of me moving into adulthood. Okay, that's fair. I respect it. Like, I don't need to hugs, kiss everybody. Like, no. Okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. You want some boundaries with mm -hmm. people. So the XO had to go. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, now that you've rephrased that for me, I, I understand that. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Well, you have one of the best podcasting voice ever. You also have a podcast that it's like an evening podcast for me. Like when I'm done working and I want to take like a bubble bath or cook dinner, it is the perfect listen. That's kind of my hope because I feel like everyone has that morning podcast. Mm -hmm. So I want to be like that, like before bed story that you dream about, you know? Yeah. Like I tell a story and hopefully you bring it with you into the dream world. Like that's kind of my goal. Well, except for the ones that are kind of dark. I don't mean to cause anyone nightmares. Maybe they, they can just like make a nice little spin on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, it really, I mean, it's a perfect like evening nighttime podcast. Good. I'm glad. I don't listen to any other podcast that I would describe to be as an evening nighttime podcast. I don't either. Well, okay. That's a lie. I listen to a lot of like, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. I'm very much like, I don't really believe in like every element of a Scorpio in terms of like me representing that. But the one thing I really do latch onto is like the spooky, creepy vibes. Huh. And I'm one of those people that can watch a horror movie and go to bed and sleep peacefully. I feel like that. I'm that way too. I'm not easily scared. So I like listen to some deep like folklore story time podcast before bed. Do you like true crime podcasts? I love true crime. Those are usually like my morning walk. My morning <laughs> walk listens yeah. like axe murders. Something it's just light. my morning in Manhattan. Yeah. But I like this one podcast called Lore and it's strictly like dark, creepy stories from folklore. And I listen to them at night. Oh, that's cool. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to you at night. Um, well, great. Maybe I'll venture into that as well. Great. I mean, hey, tread lightly. It's deep and dark. <laughs> You know when I, the phrase like romanticizing your life, you know yeah. who I think of? It's you. Me? Because you have like the most like beautiful, perfect, like not even like perfect life, but I mean like it's like this beautiful loft apartment. You're in the city. You're so calming. You have this cool style. I really think of you. Thank you. How have you done that? I mean, it's definitely been tricky because I've found myself the past few years. I mean, there's some things about life that you just simply cannot control everything cannot always be aesthetically pleasing. Unfortunately. So, yes, unfortunately, but also fortunately, because it does teach you a lot. And it, it's been challenging for me because I've found myself over the past few years, especially with like the pandemic and like things that have just been not so great for anybody, find myself in the wrong 
story, so to speak. And it's taken courage and like some tough conversations with friends and people in my life to get to a point. I've just been always searching. Like I, I know that like I can visualize this like kind of ball of what I want my life to be. And it's like all these things wrapped into one. And it's been about knowing when I'm far from that and finding like, it's so metaphorical and like cheesy, but it's like, I know what that feeling, like I know how I want my life to feel. And when I, I'm not in that feeling, I know what to do to get there, but it's not always easy. Like I've had to have tough conversations with friends that I feel like didn't align with what my goals were for myself. And I've spent a lot of time alone and that's kind of how I've figured it out because I feel like if you spend your time with too many people all the time and, or absorbing too many other people's messages, you don't know what romanticizing your life looks like for you because it's different for everybody. So you need to spend some time by yourself to figure that out. I completely agree. And you have basically kind of opened up what I want this podcast episode to be about. But before we even get into, you know, finding yourself and figuring out what's right for you and what you want and listening to just yourself, I want to go into you having tough conversations with friends because a lot of people who listen to this are in their 20s or their teenagers. And I actually, I mean, I say I don't think I have any teenager listeners and then people DM me. So I know that there are some, a few, maybe like 2%. But friendships just change so much, especially in your 20s. And that is one, like a pretty practical thing that I think it's important to talk about, but also Mm -hmm. it's normal. How have you navigated having those conversations? I mean, I'm one of those people that I hate confrontation. I hate it. Like if you want to live your most authentic life, you need to have, like you become like the people you spend your time with. It's just a fact. So if you're spending time with people that you're constantly having this moment of like feeling like, oh, I don't really align with this person. Like you have, you know, in your heart when you're with a person that you don't feel makes you a better person or you don't feel that like light, happy feeling of like, I love this. Like, you know, you have that feeling with when you're with your best friends, I love this person. And Mm -hmm. you just think, think it to yourself. You're like, Oh, I love you. Like everything about you. I love you. But if you're surrounded by people that don't make you feel like that about them, or they don't hype you up. Like, I think it's, it's all about listening when you're going through either a tough time or a really great time. Who's there for you both times. Who's there for you when you are having a rough go and a great go of it. And so once you figure out the people that are not there for you or not showing up for you in the way that you want them to. You need to have a conversation. And it's really tough, but I think that ultimately it's better for both of you because like, imagine you are friends with someone who feels like they feel as though you are bringing them down in a way. Like I would hate to be like doing that unknowingly because a lot of people don't know that they're a bad friend. (laughs) They don't know they're a bad friend. So sometimes it's a reality check and ultimately sometimes it ends up being that you're not going to be friends with that person anymore, but it makes them a better person, you being truthful with them about how you feel. With the holidays coming up, I feel like a lot of us are going to be spending a lot more time playing games, you know, traveling, be on our phone, you know, you know what? Another thing that you do, you get your hair done around the holiday season because you want to look good. Going to the hair salon quite literally takes four hours out of your day and you're just sitting on your phone. So anyways, I have something that you guys can do with your time. We are going to be talking today about Switchcraft. Match their games can be a lot of fun, but it seems like a lot of them are really just the same. The themes and the characters change, but overall, it's really just the same boring format. Until now, Switchcraft is a brand new take on match three games. 
As you play, you unlock pieces of a beautiful, magical, and gripping graphic novel. Switchcraft is a mobile game with a unique blend of TV-worthy writing, choose-your-own-adventure-style narrative, and thousands of magical match-three levels. I just came from the hair salon, and I was there for literally four hours, and that's what I was doing, okay? So in Switchcraft, you can take on the role of a witch at Pendle Hill, the world's top academy of witchcraft. Play your way through hundreds of enchanting match three levels, revealing a dark and winding mystery story. It all starts with the disappearance of your best friend. Now it's up to you to unravel the mystery of her disappearance using your magical match three skills. Along the way, you'll find unique characters, a gripping story, and even a little romance. The best part is that your choices in the game determine the outcome of the story, so you are in the driver's seat. So you guys can go download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. Again, you guys can download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. Have fun, guys. Hi, I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is The Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. Something that you said that really stood out to me was if they're there in the good times and the hard times. And I have recently kind of reevaluated some friendships that I have. And I've realized, oh, like you're actually ironically actually only there in the bad times, which is weird because you always just think like, oh, who's there for you in the bad times? And those are your real friends. But no, that's not true. And some people just like like trauma bonding yeah. or negative and they thrive off of the chaos and like yeah they get this adrenaline rush of some sort when because if you're there for a friend you bond over that but it's not healthy when that's like the only right thing that they do in their your relationships and I had never even like thought about that as a friend because like oh if you're there during the bad times then like you're a really good friend and I have very recently been like oh maybe if you're only there during the bad times that's not a friendship yeah and that's some weird unhealthy like attachment Right. If they can't celebrate your successes without jealousy, yeah. that's a huge red flag. I think also the reason why a lot of people are there for you in the bad times and not the good is because somehow like some part of them, and this is a very human thing. Like, I mean, mm. everyone feels this way at some point or another, but when you see someone at their lowest, it makes you feel better because you're not there mm-hmm. in that given moment. And you're like, okay, well I'm doing great. Like my friend here is suffering, but it makes me feel like I'm on the right track which is horrible, but some people are, are like that all the time. Like they thrive off of that, which is sad. Very sad. And it's just not a healthy friendship, but it's also just normal. I think friendships, like there's ebbs and flows and sometimes your relationships change. And I think oftentimes what I found, even just in the friends that I've been friends with for like a decade plus that I've had, like the few people that have really always been there even in those friendships, like there have been times where we're not as close or times where we're really not talking, nothing even happened or like where we're together 24 seven. I think you also, in order to have healthy friendships, have to almost like hold them with like an open hand. Like you can't like suffocate the friendship and think like, oh, it has to look like what it looked like six months ago. And the reality is six months ago, especially in your twenties, your life probably was very different. Even if you're working a stable corporate job to where you don't feel like things are changing that much Mm. relationships, friendships, you're changing, you're evolving, like things just are different than they were at that point. So I think if you're able to 
also like hold a friend with an open hand and just think like maybe this isn't a friendship that's forever or maybe like we will come back around and we just need this space right now I think that's really healthy I don't do well with people who latch on to me and for some reason I tend to attract people who latch on to me and I'm sure that's something weird about me like it's something I need to work on but I they want some of your light they want what you have I don't think there's even a positive spin about it with me I think that there's some subconscious because I'm like this is so weird I don't do well with that it's something over the past year I've really realized like I don't do well people who are like really dependent on me because I'm more of like a floater. Like I will be friends with like a bunch of different friend groups or like different friends who are in different friend groups, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't do well with that. I also just don't think it's healthy. And it's weird because I grew up with so many siblings. So a lot of people are like, are you an only child? I'm like, I literally grew up with eight siblings. So no, but I just don't like it. Anyways, with that being said, I just am going through a time where a lot of my friendships are changing. Yeah. And that's really hard, but it's also okay. Well, yeah, it's normal. Because you can't expect... I mean, in an ideal, perfect world, everyone's life would be linear. And as we grow, we get better in all of these different areas and we get stronger and happier and whatever, more secure. That's not how it goes. It's like life ebbs and flows, like you said. That being said, you can't expect everyone to rise and fall with you at the same exact time. Like everyone's on a different path and you can't alter your life to satisfy your friends. And if they are really your friends, they will understand that. Like for me in the past year, I went from living in California with two of my closest friends in the world to making the decision to leave them to come back to New York because I was very, okay, I was unhappy in LA. <laughs> like I wasn't like miserable. It was definitely a really great place. And I know why so many people thrive there and why my friends thrive there, but it just wasn't for me. New York is like in my blood, even though I wasn't born here, but it like feels so authentically me. And I knew I needed to be back here, but it was a very tough decision because I had to leave two of my best friends. Well, and then a bunch more that I had made, but they being good friends understood, like it was a tough conversation, which is why I mentioned earlier, I've had to have some tough conversations. Like, how do you sit down with your friends and say, Hey, I am miserable in this place that you love. Like, how does that, and how do you, as the friend listening to that, not think it's personal? Like, Oh, did I do something to make you unhappy sort of thing? But no, like sometimes things are just, you just know for a fact, like this is not where I'm meant to be. It's a feeling and you gotta, you have to honor yourself because you're the only person standing in your way to be like towards happiness. So, you know, but I think it's a mark of a good friend to understand that even if someone isn't, doesn't want to physically be with you, like it's not like they don't like you. They don't like, aren't your friend. It's more so they're choosing a different path than you. And the beautiful thing is with social media and texting and calling and like the technology we have, it's like, yeah, I'm on a different time zone, but it doesn't alter our friendship. So I want to talk about your move to California and then back to New York. Sure. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. You're in New York and then you decide to move to LA. How did that happen? (laughs) So many people ask me this. Well, people were outraged when they first heard. They're like, what? Katie, like... You're moving to LA? You really are New York. That's why it was so shocking. I'm very East Coast in general. Yes. Because I grew up in Maryland. I went to college in North Carolina and I made the move to New York. And I have these old videos from like, because, you know, we both have documented our whole lives. So it's very easy to look back and see, oh, what were my aspirations when I was 16? Well, they're on the internet. And I'd always said, like, I need to end up in New York City. And I was inspired not only by like TV characters, but I just, every time I came here on like school trips, 
because I did a couple of like fashion programs in high school and they always brought us to like Parsons and, you know, stuff up here. And every time I just like had this like rush, like I remembered the smell and the sound of New York. And I'd always in high school, I was, I was bullied a lot and, you know, it wasn't really a great experience. I only have one, two friends maybe from high school still, but I was like, that was the one thing I thought of. I'm like, New York, I'll be in New York. It'll be fine. Everything will pay off. Like people will wish they had never been mean to me. I ultimately, so end up in New York here for two years, had my dream corporate job. I was working in beauty at L'Oreal and I just, like I said earlier, I found myself like kind of in the wrong story for a bit. So I got out of that story, had a hard conversation with my boss at the time, left that job, pursued my own business full time, which was very exciting. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) So like I'd gotten free from the corporate world, felt like I was finally living like my dream life that I really have been working towards for all these years. And then pandemic hits. So conveniently, my lease was about to be up in the city. So I, you know, had this conflict in my mind. I'm like, what do I do? Do I resign? Because I really love my apartment. But then, you know, I hear the news and all this stuff. My dad's calling me. He's like, you need to come home, whatever. So I did with like what a lot of people did and went home to my family, which was just a train ride away. But I ended up taking a rental car. It was like a whole journey. I get home and I'm there for like three months. And I'm like, this is like, and I'm also deciding whether I want to renew my lease and all the things. And I get this call from my close friend, Julia. And she's like, Katie, I am going on a road trip cross country in an RV. You're coming. (laughs) I'm like, I'm coming. Really? She goes, well, I mean, your job's pretty flexible. And like, I think this would be good. Like, I'm not very adventurous, like at all. I didn't even own hiking boots. <laughs> and she goes, this will just be fun for you. So she's like, yeah, me. Like, she's like naming the people that are going. Her cat is one of the, the <laughs> members of the crew. And so I set off on this three and a half week RV adventure cross country through like middle America. I mean, lands in LA. And it was just this like, I, I think that's just like the most free I've ever been. Like I've, I wasn't attached to deadlines. The world was kind of at a standstill. It made, I think last year made a lot of people think very deeply about their life and about their priorities. And for me, I felt like in New York, I loved it, but I wasn't, my senses weren't as alive as they were when I was on this RV trip. Like I was going through national parks where there was not a single soul around except for me. And it was just so enlightening. So when I got to LA, I'm like, I don't want this to end. Like, I want this to keep going. And I was like by the ocean. I was trying to surf for the first time. Like I was doing all this stuff that I'd never done in New York. And I'm like, this is like, I think I, this is good for me. But then three months in, it wasn't so good for me anymore. I'm like the, the fun wore off and real life was back and hitting me in the face. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I wanted to be back here. And I think that what shifted for me was realizing that I can take risks here Like I can do that. I think for a while I didn't because I was in my corporate role and I felt like I needed to follow this, like this blueprint of what my life should be and what you do. You go to school for four years and you graduate, you get this corporate job, you get promoted after six months and you find a a guy on wall street and you move in together and you have a kid and then you move to Connecticut. And I like saw my life unfolding. Like it was already like decided for me. And I realized after coming back from LA that my life doesn't need to be like that doesn't need to be decided for me. I can live every day. Like I, it's a beautiful possibility of something I never saw coming. Yeah. I love that. I also just think it's important to remember that you can change your mind. Oh yeah. And that's why I think that story is so important to share because I mean, you changed your mind twice and that's still good. And you still grew so much and you really figured out that you did actually ultimately want to be here. 
but even going from you, I remember early days of your YouTube, you'd always wanted to be in New York City. So again, I was like, oh my God, I'm like so shocked when you moved. But it was cool. Even then I was like, that's actually really cool because I think we don't allow other people to change their minds. And then I think because of that, we don't allow, and I mean, as like a culture in society, we don't allow ourselves sometimes, like, especially when you're young and you go off to college and like, depending on what school you went to, like sometimes you really have to pick like your major and what you're going to do at 17 years old, not even 18. Exactly. There's so much pressure. And I think you should constantly be growing and evolving. And I think changing your mind is a mark of growth. I think it's actually a really important thing. Like, I don't want to think the same things and be the same person that I was even six months ago. I think it's really important to consistently be changing your mind. I think even for me over the past year, everything that I thought that I've wanted has changed. And I think that's probably rings true for most people after, you know, living through a pandemic. Right. But it is really important. So when you were in LA and I know it was really difficult, like you went through a difficult time there. Yeah. Was there a part of you that like didn't want to admit it to yourself that you felt like you already wanted to be back? Like, how did you kind of manage the emotions? Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough for anybody when they realize it was one of those things where I couldn't really name the emotion at first. Like I knew I was feeling something like unresolved and kind of weird, but we were also living during a pandemic. So I was like, you know, everyone's feeling a little bit weird right now, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing. So I kind of blamed it on that. But I also like have the unique situation where I was broadcasting everything on the internet that I was doing. And my biggest fear I, I hate being wrong. Like everyone hates being wrong. No one wakes up in the morning and is like, ah, I can't wait to be wrong today. Like mm-hmm. I, no, I want to be sure. I want to be confident about my decisions. And I have been for a very long time. Like I grew up in high school. And like I said earlier, like I just, I ha- didn't have any friends really. I wasn't very secure in that. So I was from that point on, I kind of made this promise to myself that like, I will live confidently and sure for the rest of my life. Like I will make decisions based on what is best for me. I will not go with the flow. I will do what's right. And so when I found myself in a position where I wasn't sure what was right, I panicked. And it was one of those like weird times where I was just, I didn't know who to talk to about it because I didn't want my parents to worry because they already were worried about me moving across the country. So I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to talk to my New York friends because I knew they would tell my LA, you know, I didn't want it to be like one of those, like, like Katie's miserable. Like who do we talk, like, who do I talk to about it? So I talked to a therapist. I got a therapist for the first time in LA and she really helped me make the decision because I would just get on there and sob. And I've never like cried to someone over the computer before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it was just a really unique experience where I was like, I don't know you. I've never met you in real life, but I'm going to cry to you because I can't cry to anybody else because I can't let them see that I don't know what I'm doing for once. I've always known what I'm doing and I didn't know and I didn't want anyone to know about it. So I, I very, I hid this part of me for a long time. And then ultimately it was kind of an interesting situation because I, had a year lease that I'd signed, but I don't know if this is a God moment, but it might've been a God moment. Our apartment leaked, the ceiling caved in, water went everywhere and it only damaged my room. Wow. Luckily I had renter's insurance. PSA to everyone listening, get renter's insurance. If you're renting an apartment, it's literally like $12 a month and it saved up to like $2,000 in damages in my apartment. So FYI, but that being said, we got out of our lease because of that four and a half, almost five months early, four months early. So I was able to move back to New York like immediately That's after perfect. I didn't even do a year long lease. And I think 
the least, I mean, what if that hadn't happened? I would still have been there until like May or June of this year, I think. So it was kind of like a moment where I'm like, okay, even like God is here for me. <laughs> like, yeah. like get back to New York, you know where you need to be. My therapist was like, you need to, you know where you need to be. And the last thing was just telling my friends who up until that point, I thought, I think, I don't know if they knew that I was unhappy. I'm glad that they didn't like make a big deal out of it because I think I just needed to like figure it out on my own first. But it kind of felt like I'd failed a little bit though. Like going back to New York and then having to tell, oh, everyone's psych. Sorry, I'm back in New York now. Having everyone wonder if I, if something had happened in LA and like. That's not failure though. Oh yeah, no, now yeah. I see it as like a wonderful thing that yeah. I did for myself. It was It's a really cool thing. It was making did. a realization. And because I think that a lot of people realize that they're not happy where they are, like literally or figuratively, like in a relationship or in a job. And it takes like this stupid amount of courage to get yourself out of that situation when you realize that you've made a wrong turn. Because it shows this like honesty and knowing that like even if people are going to see and know that you made a mistake, like owning that mistake and being like, yeah, I made this mistake, but it was also something where I've, I learned a lot from it. I think it's really hard to make a change in your life, especially a physical move. I think it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Guys, I am just unbelievably excited right now because Princess Polly is now a sponsor of the podcast. If you have been following me, you know, I have been wearing Princess Polly for I want to say like three or four years. Actually, as we speak, I have a package from Princess Polly that I purchased with my own money being delivered to my house. I actually live in their denim. I don't even wear my really expensive denim anymore. I only wear Princess Polly because they are just the best. It doesn't matter what event I have coming up. I'm always on Princess Polly. I'm always using, honestly, like my own discount code or someone else's. I'm always shopping on there. I swear to God, I probably place an order weekly at this point. They have a huge range of winter outfits, fall looks, and party styles which you know I'm already obsessed with. And they also have free shipping over $50 and super fast delivery from their LA warehouse. So you can relax knowing your outfit will arrive before the weekend. That's another reason I love them. And I'm always telling my friends to order from them when we have events coming up because the packages arrive so quickly. I'm sure a lot of us just kind of stress about ordering things and wondering if they're going to fit because, you know, we're online shopping. But Princess Polly has an amazing feature called Fit Finder, which you can locate on the product pages on their website. All you do is answer a few questions and it will generate the size that's most likely going to fit your body, which is literally a lifesaver. Plus, if you do need to make a return, don't stress. The process is super easy. They also have a range called Earth Club and everything in this collection is made from lower impact materials that are better for the environment. So if you're looking to shop more sustainably, their Earth Club range is the perfect place to go. If you guys need literally any ideas on what to shop on the website, look at my Instagram or my YouTube channel because I'm wearing their stuff every single day. So head over to princesspolly.com and use code I love you to get 20% off. Visit princesspolly.com for the latest fashion trends. Use exclusive code I love you at checkout for 20% off your order. Offer available for a limited time. I want to talk about your fitness journey now too, because you really are a fit queen. We talked about this last night. So how, and I know you said something recently that I completely agreed with. You're like, this trainer has really just changed my life. Like almost like relationship with fitness. And that's how I felt. I never felt like I had a negative relationship with working out. I wouldn't go as far to say that, but I didn't love it in the way that I do now. And I credit that 
fully to my trainer in LA and I still talk to her all the time. Like when I go back to LA, I see her more than I see my friends. Like she's <laughs> such a big part of my life. And it was just a really incredible like journey my last two years in LA with working out because it just, I mean, mentally it's, that's my biggest thing is that if I'm not working out, like my first thing is if I feel weird, if I just move, it really does. I know this doesn't help everyone, but it really does help me. And it just made the biggest difference. So I want to talk about your fitness journey. Now that you are truly a fit queen, I'm living for yes. the Instagram stories. I love the fitness content. Great. Thanks. So you know how they always say, like, once you find the thing that you love, it won't feel like a job or like a yes. chore. Like you just, people always say in like the fitness world, you just need to find what, what you like. And I was in the camp of like, well, what if I like, don't like moving in general? Like, what if I like sitting on my couch? What if I like, you know, what if I just want to like magically become stronger and a fit queen by sitting on my couch? Like, what do I have to do to there. like get I think there? That's, yes. Because <laughs> like, I like being comfortable. I like being cozy. I like chilling. And I was like, oh, and I, well, cause what I saw fitness as was like, you know, running or cause I, I played lacrosse growing up. Like I was a sporty mm -hmm. young child. And so I always saw exercise as being out of breath to the point where you feel like you're going to throw up. Like that's what I, I can associated. Still smell, like, you know, when you're running on the track. Yeah. Yeah. So I was one of those people that like wanted to be fit, but also was lazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say lazy, but I would just, I would prioritize other things. Yeah. I would prioritize sitting and editing a video. And I thought that was more important than exercising. So I literally prior to this year, like hadn't seen a gym in like two years. Like my idea of a workout was like going for a walk like mm -hmm. that, which is totally fine. And it still is. But then this trainer reached out to me via DM. Her name is Jane Simmons. She's incredible. Jane K Simmons on Instagram. She reached out to me and I, at first I was like, oh no, like, <laughs> like I dread sometimes when, I mean, I'm so grateful when people reach out, but I'm like, oh no, this is bad. Cause she's like offering me, like, she's like, I really want to get you involved in this program I do called mindset and movement. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, seems like something that's going to really like, just how, like, okay. All right. Sure. Cause she's like, I'm in New York and I can train you in person. And I go in for the first day and I like walk into this very like now it's like very, it's like a personal training gym. So it's a small gym. But at first it says like in huge letters, build with us like on the wall. And I'm like, oh no, what did I sign up for? <laughs> what did I do? But after the first few sessions, like, I mean, I think it's all about just finding what works for you. And, and Jane convinced me that she's like, I think that what would work for you is strength training weights. Because for me, my plan is not, I don't want to like lose a ton of weight. Like I'm comfortable with my body the way it is. I just want to be stronger because living by yourself in New York city, being a woman in general, like feeling like you are capable and strong adds to your confidence, but also protects you, keeps you safe. Like I need to feel like I can defend myself. Yeah. So she is training me in strength and each month there's a different program. It's very cool. So like once I get bored of one thing, like I'm not doing the same thing over and over again. And it's one of those things where Yes, I feel healthier and I feel stronger, but it's such a mental thing too. And I didn't realize it was going to be so mental. My dad um, has always really watched my like mental health because he, for some reason, he thinks that he gave it to me. Like <laughs> I understand it like runs in my family, but he thinks it's like- He's responsible. Yeah, he thinks he's responsible. Yeah, yeah. So he's always, that was just something that's always helped him. And so as I got older and I moved out, he's like, you should just really like move because that really helped me. Like if I would call him and like, like I was having a panic attack or something 
and not in a way of like, oh, you need to work out. It just in a way of like, take care of yourself. This will make you, it's like a mental release type thing. Oh yeah. But I would go through phases where I was like, oh yeah, I went through a phase at cycle. I went through, and I love all those things still. Like, I actually like, I know you just said cycle for your first time. I don't, I'm not like a huge cardio girl either, but I do like cycle. And so I had gone through phases of like, you know, different workout classes and things like that. And I think once I found Pilates, it changed everything for me because I loved it. And now in the rooms were like 100 degrees. I've talked about on the show so many times. People are like, shut up. <laughs> but I finally, when I moved to Dallas, then I just made a gym in my garage because I couldn't find a place that I liked as much. And I still was only doing 12, 330. Like, I'm not only, but like, I made a gym and I'm still only using my treadmill. Like, I'm not doing the other things because I don't really know what to do. Yeah. So then I found another class that was similar to what Hot Pilates was in LA in Dallas. And it really does just make like the biggest difference for me mentally. And I think even just how I feel about myself confidence wise, not physically, like not even that I feel like my body changes, but I have noticed and I heard this said, I think it was Ed Milet forever ago. And he put into words how I've built confidence in my life. But he basically was saying, you know, confidence, you build confidence with trust. And you do that by making promises to yourself and keeping them. So for me, right, isn't that good? That gave me chills. I know. (laughs) So if I tell my friend I'm going to go meet them for coffee at 8 a.m., I'm going to meet them for coffee at 8 a.m. because I value them and I'm not going to just flake on our plans. So if I say I'm going to work out at 7 a.m. or go to a workout class or do something to take care of myself, like therapy, whatever it might be, like going on a walk, getting out of my house, whatever that might be, if I tell myself I'm going to do it, I need to follow through because I'm building trust with myself. And I know if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so that has been a really big thing for me as well. But the more I have like just been active, I don't think I'm not speaking for everyone, but like I think less about myself physically, the more active I am, not even because I look any different necessarily, but just because I feel so much better mentally that it, I think I it doesn't affect me like emotionally as much. Right. No, I, I agree. And I think my issue in the past with why like I didn't follow through with my fitness goals and like I didn't, you know, I flaked on my plans, so to speak, like like you said, but you know, it was because I was focused too much on the physical and focused too much on like, I haven't weighed myself in years now. Like mm-hmm. I, I was focused on the scale. I was focused on all the things that I thought, because I mean, even my trainer has said that there's like an antiquated view of fitness that was like you like running is how you lose weight. Cardio is how you lose weight. And that's what you should do. And so people were scared to lift weights because they thought they were going to bulk. They were scared of everything. And now, you know, Pilates is a new form that like a newish form to the point where it's like not the traditional way of seeing things like, you know, all the step up workouts that like the eighties, you know, things have changed. And I, I also think that working out the reason why it's so mentally soothing for me is because for an hour of my morning, like I'm not thinking about anything besides the task at hand, besides getting the weight over my head or besides my form. It's very much like a mental break, like from everything that has ever worried me in my life. And I'm focused on the task at hand. And it feels like you're kind of, you know, week after week, like with weight training, which is, I think that's why it's so satisfying to me. It's like, I'm going up in weight. I'm able, like I'm seeing the progress. Like I have this, I posted this on TikTok, this video of like me trying to lift this 26 pound weight over my head. And I like, couldn't do it. And my trainer has to like, help me get it up. And then literally not more than two weeks later, 
like a clean, I did it clean and on my own. Two weeks. You're really telling it on TikTok. I told, I know you didn't agree with me when I said that, but you really are. TikTok scares me. You're doing a great job. I you love do a great stuff. job. I always, I always see you on my For You page. Oh my God, really? I do. Oh my God. Oh, I do. That's really exciting. I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm tr- I'm being truthful here. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. If you aren't familiar with Bloody Buddy Cups, let me introduce you to the best of the best for anyone with a period. By now, you have probably heard of menstrual cups and how amazing they are. So much cheaper, so much more convenient, so, so, so much more comfortable than pads and tampons. Maybe you've even tried one already, but you couldn't get the hang of it. Problem solved, the Bloody Buddy Cup is so easy to use with just the right amount of structure to help the cups open easily every time. They're a really great option for beginners, experts, and anyone who wants a comfy, leak-free period. Bloody Buddy Cups are amazing because they hold as much as three to five tampons, and they're made out of the highest grade of medical-grade silicone, so they're absolutely safe to leave in there for up to 12 hours. Imagine working a full shift without having to switch out a tampon. That's actually insane. As if that wasn't enough, each cup lasts 10 years. That's right, you're covered for a decade without setting foot in the feminine hygiene aisle. Bloody Buddy Cup is a female-owned and operated business dedicated to giving all administrators period freedom. They're also giving my listeners 10% off with the code I love you. Imagine also how much money you will save not having to buy pads and tampons every month. Like that's actually insane. You guys can also follow them on Instagram at Bloody Buddy Cup for hilarious and educational content or visit their website, bloodybuddycup.com to learn more about what makes a Bloody Buddy Cup so amazing. And of course, to purchase your very own pack of Bloody Buddy Cups. They're also great as a Christmas gift. So again, use code I love you for 10% off. I want to talk a little bit about kind of comparison and also almost like guarding your mental health on the internet. Yeah. It's been a tough year to be on the internet. That's Very like the hard. understatement of the century. Right. And I know just like all of us friends will talk about it and go to each other. But I think it's been really difficult. And I think, I don't know, even just I think comparison is something I've been dealing with a little bit worse than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just it's hard, especially when you've really grown up on the Internet. So how have you one guarded your mental health on the Internet and two just kind of um, navigated, like dealing with comparison. So the, the mental health element, I feel like what really affects me the most on social media is comments from people that don't know me that are making judgments on my life. And I think that the ones that hurt the most are the ones that are the closest to the truth Mm -hmm. that I don't admit to anybody and hate admitting to myself especially when it comes to like my, like I have these soft, I'm very like hard on the surface. Like I can like take things, I can take hard comments and like, you know, I can guard my heart, but there's certain, certain places where it's very difficult to do that. And, you know, there's things like, oh, Katie, like, you know, I talk a lot about relationships and stuff and like dating because I do a lot of that in the city. And it's like a big, I think that's an area where people need to be more open because, there's a lot of hurt there. And I think people should be more honest about things like that. I strive to do that, but it sucks to see comments where it's like, well, Katie, what are you talking about? Like, how do you like have this, like this platform to speak on these things since you haven't had a boyfriend in four or five years or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, that's like a, that's a sucky, very true thing that I wasn't planning on thinking about at 8am this morning. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading my comments, but thank you very much. So-and-so like the way that I guard myself from those comments are not so much guard, but like soothe myself and assure myself that I'm doing a good thing, despite the fact that people can be nasty and mean is 
I saw this quote and I don't know who said it, but it was like, don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. And half these people with stock image puppy photos (laughs) as their profile picture with zero videos, zero comments, zero views, zero, like you have not even tried to do what I do. So if you're not even going to try, I'm not going to take advice from you. I don't know this person. It's usually like a jumbled mess of letters and numbers as their username. Like, who the heck are you even? Are you even a human? I don't know. So I'm not going to take advice from you or take this criticism. I'm not going to take criticism from you because I wouldn't take advice from you either. So <laughs> and you don't want to be like them. No. Anyway, so. No. It's interesting now having been on the internet for years. Yeah. And talking to my friends that I've known since before I was on the internet, I feel like I'm overly aware at all times of things because I know how certain things can come off or whatever. And they just live so free. Yeah. And it's not that I'm living for validation or for whatever, but you have to just be one. There is a responsibility of a platform, but also things are misconstrued and taken and twisted. And when you've seen it happen to like everyone, you know, naturally you're just going to be like, I don't even want to deal with that. I'm being, I know, you know, I know. I feel like there's, if you look back at your old videos and I do this all the time, I feel like I had so much less of a filter Yes, because I could, because people wouldn't, people would hear me make a joke, a clear joke and not take it out of context mm-hmm. and know that I am kid. Like I don't even kid very much anymore because no, my- you can't kid because someone will crop that clip out of there, put it on TikTok and be like, look, she's this and this. Completely out of context. Yeah. People are just really malicious. Yeah. My, I would say like majority of my humor, I don't even, which I am actually pretty funny, like in real life with my friends, but I'm not on the internet because I am like, okay, it's just going to be taken out of context. I'm actually like a really nice, really friendly person, but my humor, I think you maybe wouldn't get that. Like it maybe it wouldn't translate well, yeah. things like that. And so much of like the point of all of this is that like, I want people to feel like welcome with me. And so I'm like, that's just going to be taken out of context. It's like almost not even worth the battle for me. You have different humor with different people. Oh, for sure. But I'm like, normally I would tone that down so much out of almost like fear. It's not even necessarily fear of what people think. Like, yeah, it is that. But it's fear of people taking it out of context and making me out to seem like I'm this horrible person. And then you get like hundreds of thousands of hate comments. And it's just like actually exhausting. It is exhausting. And it's, yeah, because even non-internet creators, I think that we have this fear that people won't like from a 10 to 15 minute exchange. Like if, even if you, I saw this meme, it was like, uh, do you ever come home from something and be like, oh, that wasn't my best performance or like, you know, because you worry that people are going to take this 10 second slice of your life and be like, uh, they make a judgment, which is human to do. People Mm -hmm. do that. And have you ever had a situation where you've like met someone and you had a bad first impression and then they grow on you later on? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that, I mean, the biggest place where I've seen this is like the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. Like you, you meet someone, meet AKC what the editor, the producer has like the, the story they've told. And then, you know, later seasons, you're like, wait, I actually really like this person. But why do I think that they're about, you know, I could never be on The Bachelor for that reason. Because I think like that would just ruin my self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> Reading all the tweets and everything. They're ruin me. Like they're really, I don't even watch The Bachelor. I just know that I'm like, oh my God, these people are cut even if Even if like, you're a fan favorite. People will still find a way to hate you. Yes. Like I wrestle with this idea all the time of like, will, like, is it even possible for everyone to like you on the internet? No. no. Like, even if you are like supposedly like a darling that everyone loves you, like not everyone's going to love you because there's people that are jealous. Mm. But I, yeah, I mean, I think that leads to your point on like comparison 
we've been doing this for a very long time. Like I've been on YouTube for 12 years and it's definitely changed so much. Like I think for a while, the more effort you put into your editing and your videos, like your views would be, would coincide with that or, you know, they would correlate. And now it's like, you can do the very bare minimum, shoot on your iPhone, prop it up and get a million views. And it's like such a crazy beast. The algorithm is driving people insane. I think that the algorithm is like, keeps me up at night. Yeah. <laughs> I would like some classes on that. I know. Well, I don't think even the people that made it understand it. I don't either. I don't think Instagram, I like, I think I've seen like Eva Chen, people like the head people at Instagram say, oh, we don't even understand the algorithm. Like no one understands the algorithm. <laughs> that is just, even the people that made it. Yeah. So it's horrible. It yeah. really is. But I think at the end of the day, I find myself when I'm in a more vulnerable place, when maybe I'm dealing with more insecurity or more, I think for me, it's if I'm a little bit more uncertain, I don't necessarily know what I want. Yeah. Maybe a comment will get to me a little bit more or I'll start comparing myself and thinking I need to be there. Or the main thing that I've realized is I was talking to Danielle about this and Danielle and I just had this conversation of like who you're talking to. And if I know, and I don't, it's not even anyone's doing this maliciously, but like just talking to certain people is making me feel lesser or dumb or like that I'm not enough or that I need to be this certain way. I just have to be more aware of that Mm. and not put myself in a position where I know it's just going to get worse. Right. And so I, I don't know, even when you get home, like I do that all the time. I literally went to dinner this week with, and granted this past month has been the worst that I've ever compared myself ever. Like, I don't think that I even have before. I honestly can say I I was just so oblivious to it. I was like, oh, whatever. I like myself. I like what I'm doing. In the past like month or so has been the worst. I was at dinner with one of my closest friends, Margot, and we were talking for hours. It was like one of the best dinners I've ever had with anyone. Like we were almost crying, just like opening up about everything, whatever. And I got home. Keep in mind, we talk every day. We're very good friends, right? And I was like, oh my God, maybe I like talked too much. Maybe I said this, maybe I did it, whatever. I wake up to a text the next morning from her. Can I just say last night was the most refreshing night ever? And I'm like, see, why am I like this? And that's such a normal human thing. But then I'm just trying to remember my, like remind myself that I like who I am at the end of the day. And I like who I am without what I do. And I like who I am when at the end of the day, it is just Kenzie. Like that is it, not my job, not who I'm friends with, not where I live, not whatever that is. It's like, I actually do like myself as a person and there are going to be people who don't like me and that is okay. And I just have to let it go. Kenzie, that is like the boldest declaration, like, especially made by a woman. Like I like myself. It's very hard to say that for a lot of us, like, because people like, I think that we've been groomed in this culture of always needing to improve. Like I struggle with that. We always, I mean, it's hard for me too. I feel like like, wouldn't anyone want to be better, like a better version of themselves? But I think that's not the issue. The issue is to the lengths that we, the the lengths we go to improve ourselves solely because we don't feel like we're enough right now. It's not like, oh, you know, I like this version of myself and I just want to like play into the parts that I like most and fine tune it, make it better. Like for me, like my fitness journey and like exploring new ways to be fit and to be strong. And, but I think it's that when it becomes an issue is when you feel like every single part of you needs fixing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that we're in a culture where on TikTok, especially like I have never considered plastic surgery for like my nose or, you know, I've never going on TikTok, I'm like, wait, maybe I need that. You know, like maybe I, I'm like, wait, 
like people my age have fillers in their face. What? Like mm-hmm. this has opened a whole door of like, you know, and it, it's something that, that none, none of us had ever really on YouTube, especially like people kind of, there were certain things people didn't really talk about on YouTube, mm-hmm. but now TikTok, it's like ev- nothing's off limits at all. Nothing. I think I struggled a lot in the past few months with, cause I'm someone who I was born with this innate desire to always want to improve, Mm. which is the best thing about me and also the worst thing about me. (laughs) So I have really been thinking a lot about what you said of like, you know, what is the healthy line of I like where I'm at and I like who I am, but I also want to improve. And just because I want to improve in a certain area of my life does not mean that this past self or like who I am right now is unworthy, not good enough. I think also it's really important to remember like, who I was at 18, while I look back at the 18-year-old self and I'm like, oh my God, that person served me at that time. And that person also got me to where I am now. And that's important and you need to. So as I started like really growing a lot and evolving and whatever, I would almost, I started looking back at myself and kind of cringing and almost like hating my past self when I, I liked myself then too. And it's okay to change. And just because you've changed doesn't mean that your past self was a bad person. No. And I have fallen into that trap of like, oh, and then it's this weird in between of, I think it's important to grow. I think we talk about changing your mind, but it doesn't mean that you are not worthy in the meantime. Right. And where you're at now and who you were a week ago is not any lesser because you didn't have that life experience that would make you want to grow in a certain way. Because how would you, you don't know until you know. Right. You know, no, exactly. I, it's tough because I feel like I am conflicted all the time with what is like a good growth moment of like a good change or a bad change or like, and it's something that's like so different person to person because like for me, I feel like if I were to get plastic surgery right now, personally, it would be because I feel like I need, like, I don't look good this way. So I need to be that way. Some people like plastic surgery is super like liberating and it's, it's like not that for them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really different person to person. Like it's such a weird like line because also like we have all these people that are looking at us too. So it's like me expressing on the internet that I don't like this part of me, like physically, mental, like anything, someone's going to be like, wait a second, but I have that. Or like, but I look like this and I want to look like you, or I want to be this. It's, one of those things where it's like half the time I feel insecure even talking about like physical changes I want like or like any sort of change I want to make because someone's going to come after me for, you know, insulting them in the process mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I would kill for your nose. Like, why are you trying to change it? So it's one of those things where I feel like that's why a lot of people keep it under wraps. So no one talks about it. So then no one thinks it's normal. Yes. <laughs> and so that's, that just like creates this never ending cycle of like, what's good, what's bad. Yeah. And people don't realize that the girls that they want to look like, and that's no shade to them. Like you can decide what you want to do with your body. And if you're doing it for you, especially do whatever you want, but they don't realize that it's actually unattainable naturally. And so they're like, why don't I look like that? Why am I not? The Kardashians is a huge example. Yeah, exactly. Like, why am I not this? Why am I not that? And it's like, well, because they like went to a doctor for that. That's, it's not the same thing. And then there's like all this pressure and then you feel like you have to look a certain way. And then I don't know. I think it's the honesty that needs to be there. Like I, so I I work out, I told you this gym and there's this one trainer and I like always like, I'm like, she's the best, butt, like best, butt. and I'm like, obviously, yeah, she's a trainer. But then one day I realized, I'm like, wait a second. No, she is a BBL. Mm -hmm. Like it's so, you can tell like in some, you know, she's a very like thin woman with a very, and I'm like, 
it just like hit me after all these hours of TikTok videos. I'm like, oh my God, this woman. And I, years ago, before I heard a BBL, like, I didn't even know what that was. I didn't was. even know what a BBL was no until this knew. year. Like, no one, I, okay. I don't want to say no one, but a lot of people didn't know what a BBL was. And so like younger me would have been like, wow, like this is like this attainable thing. But no, she got a freaking BBL and she's just maintaining it, which is still huge. Like maintaining yeah. a BBL is still effort and work. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, like, I think it's all about just having the, the knowledge. And yeah. I will thank TikTok for that. Yeah, because it's important. And like, if you want to get a BBL, by all means do it. Right. It's just like, I wish that young girls or even us in general, like when we were young, but you know what I mean? Like right. kids, knew that that wasn't like natural. So they're not comparing themselves to- They're natural. They're not comparing their natural bodies to this- Yes. This enhanced body that they could very well have one day if they want, but it's not, not something that they're just going to get- by not eating and mm. going on the Stairmaster for two hours. Like that's not, yeah, I think that the issue with like the sadness that happens when someone thinks that they're just going to follow this influencer's routine and they're going to become that person, like the crushing, like I'm not good enough if I can't like follow this person's exact routine and be the exact person that they are. Like, I think that's the issue. People, especially, I mean, I've been seeing like a lot of like on my suggested YouTube, like the dietitian reviews, the, mm-hmm. what I eat in the day and whatever. And I like watch that. And I mean, I am like terrified to make that video because I know she's going to come after me for like whatever I think is healthy. And you know, at the end of the day though, whatever works for those people, like is what works for them. And like, sometimes when you're making a video, you're like, I don't intend for people to like follow this. This is just what I do. And so, I like watching those just for meal ideas. ideas. And it's not like I'm, yeah, I think as long as you're not proclaiming this is like how it's all about wording. Mm -hmm. I think that showing what you eat in a day isn't toxic. It's maybe saying, oh, eat this in a day and you will lose 20 pounds. Like that is the issue. But half the time I'm like, why is this woman roasting this girl for eating this thing that she likes to eat? Like whatever, if it's maybe has an extra like few grams of protein that's bad for you or something. I don't know. That's just so much. It's just we're living in a culture where everything is like under a microscope, it's hard to differentiate like what is right and what is wrong because someone will find something wrong with everything that you think is right. And it's just a difference of opinion. Always. And a lot of it is just life perspective too. I've been talking about that all week. I'm like, but if you grow up in this home and this is the only place you've ever been, and this is what your parents taught you and blah, 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 your perspective is going to be different than if you grew up in this right. place and blah, blah, blah. And I think at some point it's always like your responsibility to learn and grow. But with food specifically, there are so many different experts in the industry that tell you different things, different things, different things. Like people are just trying their best. I think at the end of the day, that's the note that we're going to end on is that yeah. people are just hopefully and for the most part trying their best. And that's all you can do. And I your do. best is going to look different from my best. Yeah. And that's okay. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks um, for having me. I could probably talk to you for like 17 hours. <laughs> so we should go to talk to Matcha, but where yes. can they find you? Um, well, you can just search my name, Katie with a Y, Bilotti, like Pilates, but B-E-L-O-T on really any platform. My podcast is called Thick and Thin. I post every Thursday. So Stories from history, a cocktail of past and present. And that's really all I do. YouTube. I have a Patreon as well. I do um, design tutorials over there. So you can search me on there. Yeah. Really just Google my name and a lot of stuff comes up TikTok. and some questionable photos. Have you ever Googled yourself? No, I try not to. And it's all like, <laughs> it's all um, like red carpet. Oh, yeah. When I was 18. From BeautyCon. Like, yeah. Like, and IMATS uh, and stuff like that. Like the movie premiere. Like, I'm like, you remember when everyone was going to premieres all the yeah. time? The only thing you ever wore was Topshop. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I lived it. Yeah. I haven't even shopped in Topshop at the Grove. That's where yeah. you would run into every single person. Yeah. Really yeah. Thing. People would literally, there would be like 
so back in the day when it was like Claudia, I remember was like queen of Top Shop and that whole crew. I just remember there was literally like they had followers who would sit outside of that Top Shop and wait for them. <laughs> like that is how intense yeah. the Top Shop days were. It's predictable, it really is. Okay, well, thank you, thank you. All right, guys, for Ask Kinsey today, Sarah asked for tips for moving to a new city. I have a few tips. I could do an entire episode on this if you guys wanted. I moved to Los Angeles when I was 17 years old with a, I did have a good amount of friends there, but they weren't really the people that I hung out with anyways. And then I also, you know, obviously moved back to Dallas, which I technically hadn't lived in Dallas before. So I would recommend making your own routine there that's going to make it feel like home and make sure you're incorporating fun things, putting yourself in environments where you're going to make friends. We live in such a social media age. I know people use Bumble friends and actually love Bumble friends. Even as Instagram and TikTok, like you always see the girls who are like, hey, I just moved here. Like hang out with people, DM them. If you follow them on Instagram, reach out, make an effort. Another random one I have, if you moved and you're feeling homesick, get candles that you used to light in your room at home. I would do this sometimes and it would just make me so calm. Like it would just really... I just felt so much better and so much more at home. So candles, scents is like a big thing. Also, it's really cool to reinvent yourself or really just do whatever you want. No one is holding you to who you used to be. Not that you should allow that to not like allow for change. But again, this is the time to reinvent yourself and make your routine what you want it to be. I think you have to put yourself out there. You have to make yourself uncomfortable. You can't just stay in your comfort zone in your house and then cry and whine and complain about not having friends when you're not making friends, right guys? To make a friend, you have to be a friend as we always say here. So I hope those tips helped. Um, Thank you so much to Katie for coming on the show. As always, you guys can leave a nice rating and review. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, subscribe to the YouTube channel, join our Geneva group chat. It's so fun. I hang out with you guys in there all the time. But anyways, love you guys so much and I will talk to you next Thursday. 